I am your host, Mary Beth Smith, here with a special Thanksgiving episode of MBSing. Hey, you know, it might be the holidays, but I've got a job to do, and that is to bring MBSing to your ears. So I hope everyone gets a kick out of this episode. Man, I was super vocally into this as it was going on, as you'll find out, but uh, for a show that I've never seen... um, and uh, this was a, an incredible example of just, uh, I just get such a kick out of people really, really sharing their passions. And uh, Mary absolutely is passionate about her love of Buffy, uh, the Vampire Slayer, um, cult classic, I would say. And and I don't think it mattered that I had never seen it. Uh, we got to have some really fun conversations about it and I please please check out the pictures of the book that she made uh yeah spoiler alert there's a book that she made that's Buffy the Vampire Slayer themed and it's incredible I could not contain how delighted I was by it um Mary is just so 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 funny I I think I want her to be my best friend uh she's just now listen to me this mary if you do listen to this i hope i'm not coming on too strong but please be my best friend um <laughs> uh with that said uh yeah i mean let's gab about the holidays a little why not um holidays are really interesting to me my family is important i've done pretty much the same thing every year for my whole life, and come to Atlanta and spend the holidays with my dad's side of the family. Lots of golden retrievers, lots of great food, lots of laughter. Um, that's that's what the holidays mean to me. Uh, and I had a lot of friends who stayed in Chicago this year, and the thought of that kind of uh, is interesting to me. I'm not sure how I'd feel were I on the other side of that coin. Not to say that it's wrong to do that, uh, but, you know, I'm sure there will be years when I can't make it. Uh, this, fortunately for me, was not one of them uh, because this is where I wanted to be. Um, bah. Uh, spent a lot of the last few days with friends from college. Um, as I've said before, and even on this episode, I, I'm not very good at keeping in touch with people, and I, I don't know why, but it is important to me when I can to catch up with those people that mean a lot to me. And I think that true friendships outlast uh, distance. When you're reunited, that's when it's important. Um, and I think that's something that I would love to remember over the holidays is just relishing the time that you get to spend with friends and family, uh, whether it's uh, in the city that you live in or not. Um, <laughs> hopefully that's not too trite and terrible. Uh, but that, that's how the holidays made me feel, is just trying to, to get the most out of the time that I'm here. Uh, even if it's just simply watching a movie together or eating a meal together, any of the above, the important part is that you're together. Uh, so, uh, before we get into the app, I'll do some brief plugs. This Sunday night, December 1st, is the first live recording of the Nerdalog cast, one of the other podcasts on the Nerdalog's uh, network, as it were. We do have a winner for our contest, thanks to the people who left reviews on the podcasts, um, all of the characters who have been on the show, I mean guests who have been on the show will be returning. I can't wait for my guest to return, she's a lot of fun. Old Elsie Brighton. Check out the Nerdalog cast if you have not yet. Uh, please come to that live recording if it seems like something you'd enjoy. Uh, Ray Ray Wednesdays will continue on Wednesdays through December. Uh, check that out, 8 o'clock. Uh, those people are my favorite people, and I love them a ton. 
without any further ado, eat some turkey, be with your family, and when you get some moments away, enjoy this chat with Mary Z. Do you have any roommates? Uh, my dog, and then also my sister. I nice. How so. is it older or younger? Older. Uh, I'm the youngest of four girls. Ooh, yeah. fun! Estrogen. Hey. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, I'm sure when every like when every middle aged woman finds that out, or middle aged man for that matter, they're like, "Oh, your poor father." Yeah, that's what everyone says. <laughs> That's of course. Says. Of course. But he pre- he says he likes having That's you great. know four perfect little girls. Four <laughs> <laughs> angels. Of course you are. Your daddy's angels. <laughs> Do you, you're from the suburbs? Yeah, I'm That's from the south suburbs of okay. the forest. Do they still live there? They do, yeah. Nice. Oh man. That's great. I have an older brother and once he uh had like graduated and moved out and everything my dad would always talk about uh i'm so ganged up on i just uh <laughs> like i can just never get i can never win <laughs> just like mostly tongue-in-cheek but still you just comment on stuff like that yeah. all the time i think girls are much easier to raise until age 13 yeah then yes. then it gets very complicated i agree wholeheartedly yeah. We're terrible in the in the teen years, for sure. Uh, I mean, being a female teenager is just fucking hard. Right? <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> so, like, yes, raising female teenagers is hard, but it's not just that, like, that period of your life just sucks. If only there was some TV show <laughs> that fully expressed... <laughs> The trials and tribulations of being a young female teenager, <laughs> however, in a new and exciting way. Oh man, I quit. You can have my podcast, Mary. You can have it. You can have it. I've never, I've literally never had a transition that beautiful in the 24 to 25 episodes of this podcast. I care. I think this will be episode 25. Oh my god, that was so beautiful. <laughs> Mary, why, why not? Uh, my guest today is Mary Z. Uh, she is going to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, as she so beautifully alluded to. I don't even know if you knew if I was recording or not. I figured like you were doing the whole warm-up Ooze trap. It Ease it in. Yeah. Ease it in. <laughs> Uh, until the ep- epic segue. <laughs> once, uh, once you started segueing, I was like, ah, she's on to me. Um, that was that was gorgeous. Uh, please tell me after that beautiful segue, what was the inception of your love for uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Oh, so much love, <laughs> so much. Um, well, like. Most people I'd seen the movie growing mm. up. I don't know if you... I know you haven't seen nope. the TV show. I, know I have seen not movie. seen the movie either. Okay. Well, it's very different from the TV show. Okay. Um, uh, how far in advance did the movie... Was the movie released before the... Maybe like five or six years. Wow. Maybe. To I, be I honest, don't I don't even know if I knew that the movie came out first. Yeah. Um, and it was very different from what... Joss Whedon envisioned it to be, mm-hmm. um, but I still loved it. He did both. Yeah, he wrote he wrote the movie, mm-hmm. but like it was kind of his original vision was bastardized. Okay, uh, which is the, a very common the theme co- in Joss Whedon. I feel like yeah, they ruined my idea. Okay, um, <laughs> so I grew up loving that movie. Like my sisters and I would rent it like once a month mm-hmm. from the video store mm-hmm. um so i just always grew up liking that movie mm-hmm. when then, you were how old do you think you were like one of the first time you saw it oh maybe like eight wow yeah. so it really was yeah. super early on i think it came out in the early 90s i believe like uh-huh. maybe like 93 uh-huh. um so we watched it all the time it had luke perry in it oh so, you know my <laughs> sisters had to watch it <laughs> How much, what's the gap between you and your 
older sisters. Uh, there's a six year gap between me and my oldest sister. Wow. So we're yeah. That's like, pretty tight. That's I, like tighter Irish than I expected. Quadruplets, yeah. I like to call it. <laughs> That's tighter than I expected it to be, yeah. and that is a perfect description <laughs> for it. Um, so we grew up always liking the movie, mm-hmm. and then one time, I think I think I was in the fifth grade, maybe sixth grade, mm-hmm. and I was just like chilling at home, and my dad said, hey, Mary, uh, you should turn on WGN. <laughs> There's a TV version of Buffy, oh, the Vampire, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that's airing uh-huh. tonight. It started like a couple minutes ago. Uh, was that the premiere? Yeah. Oh my premiere. gosh. So you were literally on board from the beginning. Yeah, and I remember like that exact, I still remember that exact moment of my dad being like, see what see what this is all about, because I know you kids like that oh, movie. Oh man, that's gorgeous. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll turn it on. I was like, it was so, it's so, the TV show is so different from the movie, so uh-huh. I was thrown off at first. Uh-huh. But I was thinking, this is really good, this is really funny. Uh-huh. I don't know Is who- the movie, uh, how do they, how do the two compare? Is it like darker? It's, Darker, wittier, Buffy's a lot smarter in, in, the... in the TV show. Okay. She's a lot dumber in the movie. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like that's almost... Uh, I feel like it would be harder to have a TV show like that based around a character that wasn't, like, intelligent. You know what I mean? It just, like... I feel like it would get exhausting to watch a dumb protagonist, yeah. young female, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And like how they kind of explain it too is that the events of the movie did happen, and the because of the events of the movie, she has to leave LA, and okay. she moves. Her and her family have to relocate to Sunnydale. Okay, so it's kind of like also. She's gone through all the events in the movie. So Interesting. She's a, smart, she's a smarter, oh, person. Oh, cool. As a result. And like, it's cool that they addressed it like that instead of just glossing over it. Yeah, like and, they like refer to like she used to have like a different watcher who's the person that's like kind of the slayer coach. Okay, cool, you know, cool, like cool. The <laughs> so like they do reference like slayer the old coach. watcher and everything. Yeah, slayer coach <laughs> and like father figure. Uh, I will be your slayer watcher. Um, who, uh, who plays the Slayer Watcher? Anthony Stewart Head plays Giles. He was in a bunch of, uh, Folgers commercials. Good. That was Um, I love that you know that about him. Oh, I know... All the things I got, like, I got so obsessive about it. So I knew I have books of trivia. Uh-huh. Like that's those were my Christmas gifts. That's was awesome. Buffy stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, How many seasons are there? There's seven. Okay. And uh, but I say like my obsession didn't really take off till the second season. Okay. Um, so the big thing was uh, WGN here in the Chicagoland area mm-hmm. was the station that showed Buffy, mm-hmm. and there was always a lot of conflicts with Cubs games. Mm. So Buffy would get preempted a lot. So I never knew when it was on. Whether it was on or not. So the first season I couldn't watch because there was always a Cubs game on. (sighs) (laughs) Thus began a counter (laughs) hatred for the Chicago Cubs. That's part of the reason I hate sports. (laughs) That is so totally understandable. (laughs) I hate golf because my dad would watch it on Sundays all the time and fall asleep during it and then still get mad if we would you try to change that. the channel. He'd be like, hey, I was watching golf. And I'd be like, you're watching the most boring sport that exists. Dad, don't you know Meet the Press is on? <laughs> Said eight-year-old Mary Beth. <laughs> I wish I'd been that witty. Uh, I probably said... Uh, but dad, the Disney Channel exists. <laughs> you want to watch Bug Juice? <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't come in a jar! <laughs> yes! This is why I knew I had to have you on the podcast. For the deep cut Bug Juice yes, jokes. <laughs> because television was my babysitter. 
fuck yeah, man. I, I, I wasn't like fully a latchkey kid, but I just loved watching TV. I just, I just loved watching TV. I, I, you know, I was mostly a, a, a Disney Channel, Nickelodeon kind of gal. Um, so unfortunately, I have big gaps in a lot of my like classic sitcom. Not even mm. classic, but, like, sitcoms that were on when of we were your, growing up. Of your time. Right. Uh, if my parents didn't watch them, then I definitely didn't watch them. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've been trying to get... I was going to say I've been trying to get through Seinfeld, which makes it sound like I'm not enjoying <laughs> it, which is not true. There's just so much of it. So I've seen four, the first four seasons of Seinfeld, like, binge-watched, because I had never seen an episode of Seinfeld until, like a year and a half ago and mm-hmm. anyone who I told that was just like Wah! so I think Buffy is kind of one of those things for me like my parents didn't watch it the kid down the street from me that I carpooled to school with loved it so you and Troy Huff are <laughs> should would have a lot to talk about if nothing else are you gonna, are you gonna set me up on a blind date uh <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> he still lives in Lancaster, South Carolina. Oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure. So. My boyfriend would probably get really mad. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I also am pretty <laughs> sure you're dating someone. Just but like, I don't want to mention that because what if you're not? Exactly! <laughs> Man. <sighs> See? Um, you get it. You just get it. I also brought um, a visual aid. Please. Not that visual aids Please. work on Please. podcasts. But... Please um, produce said visual aid. I will take a picture of it and post it uh, so, with the episode. Before I get into this, there's a little oh. history I want to get into. I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I should refill our glasses yes, before this happens. <laughs> Uh, this podcast is sponsored by shitloads of Jameson whiskey. Jameson, it cures what ails you. Um, so I can't talk about my love for Buffy <laughs> without talking about uh, the love for my good friend Rachel. Oh. Um. Okay, so. <laughs> Joss Whedon is personally responsible for my friendship with ah, my friend Rachel. That's awesome! I love that! <laughs> um, I knew my friend Rachel since the first grade, mm-hmm. um, but we didn't become good friends until the seventh grade when I overheard her talking about the Becoming episode, uh, which was like this really big episode of the second season okay. at lunchtime. Uh-huh. And I was like, you watch Buffy? <laughs> I love it. And that got us to become friends. And oh. like, we were just inseparable. Like, oh, and that's great. Um, I love that so much. It just like brought us together. Are you guys still close? Uh, I'm going to be standing up for a wedding in oh. a few uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, but thank you, Jess. <laughs> he's seriously like he's he's personally responsible, right? Right. Uh, but we who end- knows if you would have been ever been friends like you are with her? I don't think without we would have without him. Man, uh, that's awesome. We ended up going to separate high schools. Wow. Um, so you if you hadn't made the connection in seventh yeah. grade, then it. Would have been null and void, essentially. And since we went to separate high schools, we made it a tradition. All throughout every Tuesday in high school, I went over to Rachel's house. And her mom would cook us a delicious and sensible (laughs) dinner. Uh, With a meat, a veggie, and a carb, I'm sure. And a uh, a bowl of salad. I always thought it was strange. (laughs) My family, if we had salad, we just put it on our plate. But they had a separate salad We were a bowl salad family. It makes sense, because then you can, like... You can stir the salad mm-hmm. more, and doesn't the dressing doesn't get on get the rest in your, of your food. food? Yeah, yeah. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> I will point out we were not only a bowl bowl salad family. We had these like nice square uh, wooden plates that were like I guess eight inches by eight inches um, that kind of curved up at the edges that were perfect for salads because they were like flat, but all I just I can't think of dinners at my house without thinking of that little like 
plate for the salad. The fancy salad plate bowl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we both digress. Uh... <laughs> gosh, get us That's... talking about salad. <laughs> Who knows? We're just two sensible dinner eating salad bowl salad. intrigued ladies. <laughs> Um, so we would watch it. We did. It was every Tuesday. That's great. And I'm pretty sure, like, that's if we didn't have that tradition mm-hmm. every Tuesday, you wouldn't have Buffy. really kept in touch. No, because like, if you don't, if you don't see people, it's hard to yeah. keep those friendships. Oh my god, absolutely. I am terrible at it. Just awful. Uh, that was one of the instigators of the podcast. Not necessarily just. I was like. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so I can hang out with my friends two hours every day. But even still, just, like, something... It is kind of an excuse to, like, invite people and talk to them that I think are cool, so... Yeah, and find out more about the weird things that they like. Exactly, and, I mean, yeah, it's it's been really awesome, but that's, that's also a, a bit of a digression. But it's something that I talked about in the first, like, couple episodes was... I'm terrible at keeping in touch with people, and I need to be better at it, and maybe this will be something that I can use to do that, but... Or just, like, when do you really, like, spend an hour just talking to people? Exactly. It's, it's, It's relatively rare, especially uninterrupted by something else, you know, anything else. Yeah. Like, with, like, hanging out with Rachel in Mm -hmm. high school, it's like... When do I ever see a friend once a week consistently? And with uh, with no um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Agenda yeah. aside from just you know watching a show together and then probably hanging out outside of that. Like you said, you know, eating dinner together and things like that. Uh, that was something else I decided too. As you know, performers, yeah, I see people weekly at rehearsals and shows but outside of that they don't see that many of them on that regular basis it's just friendship out of uh obligation you know it's people that i enjoy spending time with but at the same time it's like if that wasn't there we wouldn't be hanging out weekly Mm -hmm. we wouldn't it's just factual so and there's a lot of shop talk too exactly yeah you're not just purely spending time with those people you're it's you there are other uh factors involved <laughs> yeah um so which leads me to this i'm so excited about this <laughs> i should preface this by saying that i should probably be institutionalized no i'm gonna or... love every second of this Rachel should have restraining orders. Oh no, I'm gonna love this so much. (laughs) I borrowed this from Rachel a while ago. This is a Christmas present I made for her our I think our junior year of high school. Okay. Uh, maybe So after five years of watching this show together? Yes, this was after the fifth season. I know that for sure. Um for reasons. (laughs) <laughs> because certain things hadn't happened yet when this book yes. was written. <laughs> there were certain things I wrote about in this book. So I gave her this insane present. Um, I was inspired by the musical episode. Okay, Buffy. which I mentioned when you brought up that this was going to be your topic. Yes, yes. For people that don't know, there was a musical episode of Buffy. In season... Six. Okay. Um, so yes, I gave this to her during season six. Of okay, Bobby. gotcha. Um, and I decided to make, it's very concept heavy. <laughs> it's called Getting the Wiggins, which is a Buffy reference. Okay. That means getting like skeeved out. Okay, okay. Like getting the, yeah. Spidey senses. Like I'm wigging out, like something, oh, bad, something bad's gotcha. gonna happen. Yep, I'm getting yep, scared. Getting the Wiggins. Uh, a Buffy compilation of various artists. You loved the show, now love the music that loves the show. <sighs> and <laughs> it's all handwritten and like yeah. typed out. Uh-huh. It was... I wrote a bunch of songs 
that related to episodes and events oh, in Buffy. And I structured it as though that Joss Whedon had released a soundtrack. Uh-huh. So I came up with, like, there's a foreword <gasps> written by Joss Whedon. Uh-huh. <laughs> um... <laughs> This might be my favorite thing that's ever yeah. come up in 25 episodes. <laughs> I love this so much. And I even came up with the artist. You gave them artists! That would have sung them. Uh, <laughs> Wait, but you also have, like, are these factual details about Fiona Apple, who wrote and performed Buffy the Vampire well, Slayer, the first song on the fictional album that you created? Yes, yes, uh... Now, all, most of the other songs actually have lyrics, but, like, all of the songs kind of have, like, a description of... What went like, into their went into creation. It. You made... You essentially built in a Wikipedia page yes. for this album. I made the internet before the internet was as big as it was. God, Mary, I just don't know if I'm expressing in words <laughs> how much I love this. <laughs> um... The G-Man rap written. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh that's the guy who plays the... Uh... Yeah. Um, because Anthony Stewart Head um, is also, like, an accomplished singer. No way. So I was like, oh, clearly for this song, he would have written it himself. <laughs> um, and some of, some of the bands that I have listed aren't even necessarily real. They're also based on references. Like, Ted's Malarkey is a it band is. that I have listed... And that's a reference to an episode that oh, Rachel and I really liked. Oh my god, I love this so much. Um, so this four star Mary. Uh, that is a band. Ugh, so nerdy. This is a band <laughs> that pretend, that played the actual music for a fake band that was in the show. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of. Uh, it's like. I mean, this is the most, like, inside baseball reference, but, uh... What's baseball? <laughs> it's the thing that kept you from watching all of the first season <laughs> oh, of right. Buffy. I just blamed it on Harry Carey. <laughs> it's like, uh, Glenn Hansard and Marquette Glover wrote all of the music for once. Yeah. Or Min Min Glenn Hansard has also performed music for, like, he was in The Commitments, and he was an actor in The Commitments, but he was actually, like, made the music that's in that movie. So oh, that's, cool. like, the band that yeah. did that for Buffy. Yeah. Um, Ooh, jo Joss Whedon wrote that one. Yes, Joss, Joss Whedon <laughs> wrote it. Uh, it was written by Joss Whedon and Maya Shannon, who I think I might have seen. <laughs> Mo Molly Shannon and Maya, and Maya Rudolph. <laughs> Uh, accidentally or purposefully? Purposefully. Oh, everything in here is, is... on purpose. <sighs> oh um, my god. Is that the, Michelle, is that the, uh, lesbian couple? Michelle Trachtenberg and Sophia No, Shaw? Michelle, I don't mean, Michelle Trachtenberg was on the show. Oh, no, uh, I'm thinking of, um, what's her name from How I Met Your Mother? Al you're thinking of Alison Hannigan yes, and yes. Amber Benson. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what Sophia Shaw... I you said this one song's written by, performed by Michelle Trachtenberg and Sophia Shaw. I'm not sure who Sophia Shaw okay. is. Okay, okay. But Michelle Trachtenberg was on the show. Yes. Okay. For, was she, like, all seven seasons? One or two? She was on the last three. Okay. She was a weird... Weird character. Addition. For the first four seasons, Buffy was an oldie child. Mm. And then at the end of the fifth season premiere, they introduced a, a sister. That she did not know about? The thing is, all the characters acted like they knew her, but the audience... Had never had seen never her met before. Her. And ended up being the plot... Of the fifth season, oh. that like she was actually a mystical force that was put in human form, and these monks made it put a spell on like the universe, so everyone thought that the sister had always existed. Uh, did including Buffy? Yeah. Oh, everyone was like, "Oh, of course, 
the sister. Yeah, this is our sister. Yeah, yeah, I have a sister. She was there that one time we did that thing. Okay, so, uh, uh, did it get discovered that, like, okay. That was, like, the whole... Oh, when you say that was the plot, it was literally the discovery of, like, all of that. That was, like, the season five arc. Okay. Was dealing with this new character and what that means. Gotcha. But... And I think if you weren't someone like me who obsessively read message boards <laughs> and, like, spoiler websites, right. I could imagine that would have been really confusing. It sounds it's relatively con- confusing. It's really confusing. It's maybe a questionable part. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jess. <laughs> um, oh, and at the end, I wrote, continue the fun, write your own Buffy songs. <laughs> Uh, there are 27 pages of, uh, handwritten and, uh, typed. and typed <laughs> original lyrics by Mary's Midas. Yes. <laughs> uh, I want to read the whole thing, but I, I don't know that it would, I would have any reference point for anything. Right. Uh, Man, you know I just what? can't tell you how much I love that. Do you know what the icing on the cake is? Oh, please tell me. When I gave this to Rachel, I performed every single yes, song for her. Yes, 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 yes. I came up with my own melodies. Yes, for my song. next question before you said that was, do they have melodies? And you answered it before I got to ask it. Oh my god. Copyright 2001. Uh, Copyright Sailor Sailor Mary Mary Records. (laughs) That was my um, first AOL screen name. Good. That was what you used on AIM? Yeah. No numbers? Just... Oh, it was Sailor Mary 182. Okay, I was like, wow! You got it on (laughs) the ground floor! I think Sailor Mary was taken, uh-huh. so I added um, 182 in homage to Blink-182. <laughs> yeah. What was your screen name? Uh, we just talked about this at Nerdlogs rehearsal uh, yesterday. I think, uh, so I th- my first screen name was for my Yahoo email address, and that was LittleB2006, and that was a reference to my nickname from my older brother's friends. Uh, for, they were just like, hey, little bit, little B. That was what they called Little B. Yeah, so I was like, probably in fourth or fifth grade when I got that. And 2006 was when I graduated from high school. Uh, but I only used that because my brother, who was five years older than me, would always use 2001 in his mm. Um, like screen names and things like that. So Never I was like, forget. I have to be like, right. <laughs> I was like, I have to be like my brother and use the year that I graduate from high school in my screen name. And then once I got AIM, it was, uh, Soccer Chick 2006, uh, C-H-I-K. Big soccer player, got a little older, got more into acting than soccer, so it became acting chick 2006 oh. that was pretty much the whole progression though a lot of 2006 and the descriptors of me pretty pretty lame like all together just like a thing i do and i'm a girl and the year i graduated and from high school this is how i define myself <laughs> right 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 yeah so not altogether proud of that i am proud of my current um Typical handle, which is the token ginger. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a uh, my college improv nickname. Token ginger? Mm-hmm. I just... I do have a theory that there's a token ginger in everything. And if there's not one, then the thing is not... Not good? Not perfect. <laughs> it's not a perfect thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I do feel there should be a token ginger on every team group, etc. And I am that for <laughs> things that I'm a part of. <laughs> but then there's sometimes where there's like more than one ginger on the team or group and I'm like <sighs> Well using your sound logic mm-hmm. uh, 
there's a token ginger in Buffy, therefore Buffy is a perfect thing. Exactly. Alison Hannigan. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I've always liked her, even though I've never watched a show that she's on. <laughs> I've seen a few episodes of How I Met Your Mother, but never been like a religious watcher of it. Right, yeah. I'm always just like, oh yeah, Alison Hannigan, she's fucking great. She's super <laughs> likable. Oh, uh, she is. That that I think that also helps in the way that I feel about her that's relatively unfounded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's funny in the American Pie. Yeah, yeah. The American the, Pie. The, the American Pie movies. <laughs> the trilogy. <laughs> I was going to say the American Pie movies, and I realized that I think I think I've seen the first one and the second one. Is the second one Band Camp? Um, no. Is there's, that more than? Yeah, this? there's like there's been quite a few oh, American sure. Pie colon insert name of thing. Yeah. American Wedding? Is that what they named the one where yeah, they got married? Yeah, I think okay. that was the third one. I think you're right. I I definitely didn't see that one. Like, in case anyone... <laughs> just yeah. like, don't take away my cred. Okay, guys, I saw the first one because <laughs> it was supposed to be like the zeitgeist of American <laughs> teen comedies. Which I think it was. It was. It was like very... It was very much of its time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh... I was just talking to my roommate about this before you got here. I, I watched um, the To Do List. Uh, the is it, uh, with, uh, with Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza. Plaza. Mm-hmm. I watched it uh, uh, over the course of a couple of nights as I was going to bed, and um, I liked it a lot because uh, they made a '90s movie purposefully. Like, a, a, a 90s movie but that they made in, you know, 2012 or 2013 or whenever they completed that movie. It's it's specifically, like, stylized and period. And it's fun to watch as a result of that. But as a result of that, it has lots of... I was like, I don't know the right word for it. Is it wacky? And uh, Stephanie, my roommate, was like, uh, does she get into a lot of hijinks? And I was like, yeah. yes! There's so many hijinks in that movie. Uh, so it's fun to watch all of these comedians or, you know, comedic actors that we've grown to really love the, you know, Bill Hader and Andy Samberg and Aubrey Plaza and Do- uh, Donald Glover and the cast is just top to bottom fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is fun to watch them get into hijinks, but it's still hijinks. <laughs> yeah, and it's a, it's a sort of dated yes, type of comedy. exactly. There was, like, this, like, late 90s, early 2000s style mm-hmm, of comedy mm-hmm. that was, like, either super character-y, mm-hmm. a la, like, Austin Powers. Yeah. Or, like, super, like, yeah, it was, like, they were very, like, high-jinky, mm-hmm. even in the teen comedies. In the teen comedies! In the teen comedies! In the teen comedies! It was very, like, yeah, it was very, like, plot hijinks. Mm-hmm. And this movie is definitely that but the fact that they produced that you know 15 to 20 years after that period of 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 film is is really fun it, it's fun to watch and i would definitely recommend it but at the same time i was like oof lots of hijinks that makes me want to watch it now because i can watch honestly 10 things i hate about you and she's yes all day long. exactly exactly and all and, and i personally think that fans of those movies would really love it uh and honestly most fans of those comedians because they're all getting to do really fun things um anyway way off topic it's but cool. it's i would think it's kind of in the same realm yeah i mean that's also buffy kind of started in like it, start, it, it launched and launched. It premiered in 1999. <laughs> so, it, like... Uh, yeah. Out. It was in that period of... And she gets into, like... She gets, so many hijinks. So many hijinks. <laughs> so many. Unfortunately, they involve vampires and demons. Right. But... Uh, so, it's... Okay, it's called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Why Why does Buffy... Ha- why, why does she have to be a vampire slayer? Um, well, there is one in each generation who is chosen. Um, each generation of, of, of the world? Yeah, it's technically, like, until you die. Okay, okay. Um, a, like, at around 16-ish... A girl will be called to be a slayer. Like, her powers will start activating. 
um, there's like a count, like a big old watchers council right. in England that like figures out who the next Slayer is. Figures it's I don't, I don't know how they do that, but they like know who it's going to be. And then that girl is the Slayer until she dies. Okay. Um, and there's actually, in the last season, I believe, there's a, actually like a big arc about like the first Slayer oh, and how cool. she was created. And it was a girl who was like, I think it was in Africa and like she was chained to a mountaintop and these men put in the essence of a demon in her. <laughs> so she's like actually like part demon because mm-hmm. I guess you, you have to like be what you're fighting against. Cool. Uh, I love that. I, uh, I know that's stuff that anyone who watches the show would know, but it's fun to hear about from a fan. Uh, and she dies a few times in the show. I, that was when you said, uh, that she was a slayer until she dies. I was just, I feel like somehow like throughout it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, infiltrating of pop culture. I knew that. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things, like, in a similar way that I knew that there was a musical episode. Right. Um, it's just one of those things that I think people talk about. You're in the nerdologues. You're gonna know a little bit about Buffy. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, but I do, I say that, you know, if not in rehearsal or, like, to other people, I, I don't think I'm, as I don't have an especially, like, good, nerd reference level for things, but I do know a little about a lot of things. There's osmosis. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I I definitely have that. (laughs) Uh, So are you a fan of um, other Joss Whedon endeavors? Yeah, I'm a real big fan of Firefly. Man, that's um, another thing I've never seen. I'm so sorry. A, don't, don't apologize. You just have all this great television you get to watch. You get to yeah. watch Firefly for the first time. Firefly I'm so is, jealous of you for Firefly that. is definitely a thing I feel guilty about never having seen as uh, uh, someone who considers myself a, 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 a nerd, but a, a, not not like uber nerd status as I, as I think I covered in my last statement. Um, it is... Um, with the exception of Dr. Horrible, it is mm-hmm. the most perfect thing that Joss Whedon has cool. produced. Like, it's just, it was one season and the, every episode is great. Yeah. Which I can't say the same for Buffy. Right. There's a lot of, like, stupid Seven shit. seasons. It's hard to have a perfect show for seven seasons. I don't think anyone's ever had a perfect show for seven seasons. Okay. For the seventh season, Rachel and I hated the fact that we had to watch the show. Mm-hmm. We had to watch it. Because it was our show, and we had to see did how it finished. Did it at least, like, end satisfyingly? It did. It had, a very, okay. it had a very satisfying last episode. Okay. But the last season, its biggest crime is that it's boring and oh, redundant. Oh, Like, there's a lot so of sad. There's a lot of stupid episodes in the first couple seasons, mm-hmm. but I like those way better because they fail spectacularly. Yeah, at least they're fun to watch. Yeah. Like, they're but so boring cool. is... Yeah, it's like, I can, like, for the first few seasons, I can name, like, the titles of the episodes and what happened in each episode, but the last season's just a blur of you boring speeches. like it enough. Ugh. It's just like... Yeah. When... Do, do Does it have a point that people consider that it, like, jumped the shark? I don't... I think the show never really got its footing back after the f- the end of the fifth season. The end of the fifth season, Buffy dies in a really wonderful sacrifice. Cool. She sacrifices herself over her sister okay. to save the world. Wow. Uh, and it's a really beautiful Thanks episode. Thanks a lot, Michelle Trachtenberg. <sighs> Shiny McWhiny is what we called her. Because she whined a lot and she had really shiny lip gloss lips. So that's what we called her. What's On her the message board. What's her actual character's name? Uh, her actual... What the fuck is her <laughs> So literally... Dawn. Her name's Dawn. Dawn. But literally, like, fans call her Shiny McWhiny. Or you and Rachel call there her Shiny like McWhiny. There was, like, a certain group of people that called her Shiny okay. McWhiny. Okay, okay. But it wasn't just... that. When you first said it, I uh, 
I, for some reason, assumed that it was just something that you and Rachel called her. Uh, but I like that it's farther spread than that. <laughs> I think it was, it was started on um, television without pity, which was like a big uh, TV recap. We, yeah, it point. sounds vaguely familiar. It doesn't. I don't know if it exists anymore. It's just mm-hmm. not as big. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, there's also less of a uh, need for it. Exactly. That was what I was going to say. Yeah, I was probably going to produce a dumber, flowerier <laughs> version of just saying "need for it" uh, for no particular reason. Uh, I love Doctor Horrible. It's great. I've seen that. Uh, with my freezeway, freeze, freezeway, with my freeze ray, I will stop the world. <laughs> that's for some reason. That's probably the song from it that I get that will randomly like come to mind more often than not. I don't know. It's not necessarily the best song. It's just a fun one. one. It's just a real fun little. That was when I was like. Who is this Nathan Fillion guy? Because right? <laughs> he is hot. He's very and good he can sing and he's funny. And he's he's also in Firefly. I know, he's, Mary. You get to, you get to see Fillion, but in one episode. What? Yeah. <laughs> freeze that frame. Note to self. <laughs> With my freeze wave. With my freeze frame. I will we'll watch. But <laughs> it's not an ice ray. That's all, Johnny Snow. Uh, guys, check out Doctor Horrible. It's great. Uh, if I were to watch Buffy, would it be possible for me to watch the show without seeing every episode? Is there some sort of like user guide that would be like, ugh? Don't watch this dumb episode. It's not important to the plot. Or do you think every episode progresses plot in some way? I think if you wanted to, you could start with the second season. Interesting. Because um, I actually, because of the whole uh, Cubs mm. douchebaggery, <laughs> uh, I watched all of the second season before I saw most of the first oh. season. Oh. Hmm. Because there wasn't Netflix or... Right. I didn't know how to record things. <laughs> your, your VCR blinked 12 what? and you put a piece of duct tape over it just so it wouldn't bother you so much. <laughs> you were also like 10. Yeah. So you'd have to ask your dad to do it or something. He was nice enough to tell you that, hey, Mary, there's this thing on this that movie that you love. <laughs> Shout out. I'm sure he's regretted it. <laughs> Why will she shut up about Buffy? Man, that's so true, though. I'm pretty sure that's how everyone feels who even brings up Parks and Recreation around me. They're just like, oh, God, why did I do this? Uh, Also, you can start with the second season. Yes, yes. And I told... uh, When you said um, that you didn't become a super fan until the second season, I almost was like, I feel like a lot of shows are like that, that they don't really find their footing until the second season anyway. With Parks yeah. and Rec, it was only six episodes first season, so it's barely even, you know, exists as a first season. Yeah, and the first season of Buffy is only 13 episodes, yeah. so it was like, a, it was short, it was a short order. <laughs> you know, it was just a short order, then they got a full order. And then there's like, there's also like, a lot of dumb episodes in the first season <laughs> that I love to watch. Right. But. What's your favorite episode? Um, it changes all the time. Okay. Um, the episode that I love to show people. Ooh. Like, I love to be with them the first time they watch it. Uh-huh. Is an episode called Hush. Uh, which is an episode that is mostly silent. Ooh. It's really cool. I think I've heard about that, too. It's a really cool episode. The, there's these demons that take away the voices of everyone in the town. So it's just... Sunny Dale. Sunny Dale. Is that a real place? No. I didn't think so. It's not. There's a Sunny Vale, oh. California, but I don't know if there's any relation. No, Sunny no Dale, relation. no relation. <laughs> uh, who's your favorite character? Um... Overall, Xander. 
He's the, like, hot dude, right? He's not, oh, I think he's hot. Uh, well, who plays that character? Um, Nicholas Brendan. Okay. In, like, the context of the show, he's not supposed to be hot. Oh, is he, like, the friend? He's the funny, normal friend that has See, no power. but that's totally the guy, the character that I would also be like, he's my favorite. Oh, like, he uses humor to deflect weird situations. Yeah, how could that not be, like, the nerdy girl watching the show's favorite yeah. character? Yeah. Uh, do you, isn't, Angel is a spinoff. Yes, uh, speak to that. (laughs) Um, well, uh, after the third season of Buffy, they created, uh, an Angel spinoff. Um, I Was Angel, uh, how important was Angel to the plot of Buffy? He was... A really important part, okay. in my opinion. I like him better on Buffy than I actually like the TV show Angel. But you've seen all of Angel, I would assume. I haven't. Ooh, I didn't, I didn't, interesting. I didn't like Angel that much. Interesting. Huh. Um, I only watched it when it was playing right after Buffy. Mm. And then I just stopped watching I thought it was just not as well done mm-hmm. as Buffy. Not as it fun. Was, was it, it was still Joss Whedon. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't think it was as fun mm-hmm. or as well done. Mm-hmm. Um... But Angel was a really big, important character in the first three seasons okay. of Buffy. He was a vampire who had a soul. Oh. So he didn't want to kill people. And he fell in love with Buffy. So it was this really... I like, knew there was a love thing. Yeah. So it was this big star-crossed lovers thing where like a slayer was in love with a vampire. And... Oh, boy. He lost his soul in the second season. So he killed a bunch of people and tried to kill Buffy. And then, like, he went to hell, and then he came back, and he was good again. And then they decided to give him a spin <laughs> You're like, I'm done, Angel. That's enough. Yeah. Probably, like, actually, you asked what was my favorite episode i'd say the most important like one of my favorite episodes is the end of season two angel's bad and uh doesn't have a soul what's the name of the episode the coming oh it was that's the one that you referenced uh that rachel mentioned that you first yeah yeah uh heard her talking about right yeah she might have mentioned a different episode but that was the one that came to mind the most but anyways anyways um but that is a big episode because um, it has the most heart, like one of the most heart wrenching moments. She has to kill Angel. She has to like send him to hell, and right before she does it, he gets his soul back. Mm. So she has to do it to like the good part of him. It's really, it's really. She has sad. to kill him with his good goodness still intact. Or yeah. re-intact. Yeah, Interesting. just as he gets his soul back. It's real emotional. It sounds love. emotional. I'm sure I like I'm sure it's one of those things where I would probably get into it if I started watching it. Oh just the the uh could I watch it without watching every episode thing was just a a selfish time cutter. Um How do you think that uh you've spoken to this a couple times for sure. Um but I'd love to hear a, a concentrated answer. How do you think <laughs> that um, Buffy and your love of it has influenced uh, both your creative life and your life in general? Yeah, well, life in general, definitely. I'm standing up in Rachel's wedding. Right, right. Um, so definitely is a reason for that friendship. Uh-huh. Um, and I think creatively and... In other ways, I think it kind of influenced my creative voice. Mm-hmm. Um, because I a, honestly don't see how it couldn't have. Yeah. And I feel like for a big gener, like for many people in my generation, mm-hmm. it has. Because mm-hmm. um, it's just like, I love things that mix emotion and the supernatural. Cool. And like that I love my art with a little bit of whimsy mm-hmm. and I feel like when you put 
like vampires mm-hmm. and demons and ghosts and people losing but their at the souls. same time you still take it relatively seriously in the sense that you're not what am I trying to say uh, you're not just um, it's it's not like a twilight thing like where it's just like almost taking advantage of those things to try to like get people into it yeah you know what I mean I hope that makes sense it does okay oh it's also the main reason I started doing comedy cool because uh, my I know we're trying to wrap this up but a little no no little you're fine um, uh, talk as long as you want <laughs> Three hours. No, later. no. No, what have uh, I done? Uh, I what, I sh- <laughs> <laughs> what I should say is that, uh, d- don't worry about that. Cool. Because um, my first, before I even took any improv classes, my, the first improv show I was ever in was Improvised Joss Whedon. Fuck yes. And I tried out for it because I was like, yeah. Of course I want to do that I want to do that. And then I was like, oh, Maybe I should take improv classes to get better at improv. <laughs> but you got into Improvised Joss Whedon? Yeah. Without having improv experience? Yeah, like, I'd been performing for a while, so I I knew, like, okay, you're supposed to say yes and. <laughs> right, right, and right, you're supposed right, to right. act like you know what you're doing. That's <laughs> so cool. Where, was in Chicago? Yeah, it was at Grill Tango. Very cool. And it was directed by, um... Tom Gowen? Go- oh, Gowen. yeah. I can never say his last I name. I thought it was just Gone. Gone. Tom Gone? Yeah. yeah. He's great. He's... That's so cool. Uh, so, yeah. Who else was in that g- group? Um, it was a lot of people you would know. Um, Dominique Lewis? Mm. Um, there, uh, a lot of people in it have since moved. Yeah. Or I was gonna say, don't necessarily lived do. here longer than I have. Yeah. So probably have a little more of a background than I do and all that stuff. Uh, I was just curious. Um, it's cool that Tom Gunn was the director. Uh, oh, fuck. Oh, where does Buffy fall in the, like, timeline of things that Joss Whedon made? Like, what had he done before Buffy? Before Buffy, he'd primarily done a lot of script writing and script doctoring. Okay, so Um, he... It was what put him on the map. Yeah, that was like his first major project. Like he had cool. had the movie before then, right. but like his name wasn't really advertised. Interesting. Okay, um, that's what I thought was the case, but I just kind of wanted to be sure. Yeah. Uh, all of he won an Oscar for, for Toy Story. What did he do on Toy Story? He uh, was part was of part the screenwriting. Yeah. I fucking love that movie, and I did not know Joss Whedon wrote on it. Um. All of the above are really cool, pertinent ways that uh, the show has affected your life for the better. (laughs) And I I always love when people have really specific things like that to cite. Um, And I think that's what proves that really loving a thing is important for, for everyone. And regardless of what the thing is. Uh, and you didn't mention how much your creative life uh, was um, <laughs> affected by you writing, getting the Wiggins, a Buffy compilation of various artists. Um, I think getting the Wiggins really influenced my creative self because I had to imagine what it would be like to, you know, when you're when you're doing comedy, you don't always get to write in your own voice. <laughs> So sometimes you have to write in other people's voices. Sometimes you have to write as Fiona Apple, <laughs> Hot Dog Toaster Boy, <laughs> Anthony Stewart Head, or Joss Whedon himself. Oh man. Do you remember the melodies? Oh, will you sing a part of one of the songs? You don't have to if you don't want to. No, I can do it. Um, can you even like do it as... You can always do this like a bonus. Uh, I want this to be the last thing that you do, and then I will say one thing, and then it will be, and then it will be the end of the podcast. Let me just um, look through this really. Please find whichever one you'd be most comfortable with performing. You do not have to do the whole thing. I just want this to happen so badly. 
<laughs> um, also, I'm not a very good singer. I don't give which just sweetens the deal. A in my single opinion. fuck, and I it, that I was gonna say that makes it even better. Do you want me to do like an upbeat one or like a, like an emotional one? I want you to do whatever you want to do, Mary. Okay. So I'm like also looking through this. Um, and it's getting taken Take back. It. It's taken back. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna do... This is an emotional one. Okay, cool, cool, Mary cool. Beth. Um, Michelle Trachtenberg. Would you like me to read the... Please. Intro. Okay. Uh, the name of the song is She <laughs> Saved the World a Lot. And Mary Beth, that is what is on Buffy's tombstone when she dies. So you really? Know. Does she stay dead at the end of the show? No, no. Oh, she, when she dies in the last episode, she comes she's back. alive because okay. if they killed her again, it would be like whatever. She died twice already. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I guess that's true. It was written by Joss Whedon <laughs> and performed by Michelle Trachtenberg and Sophia Sh- Sophia Shaw. <laughs> and the backstory that I wrote for this is: this is quite a bonus. Michelle was originally supposed to sing this song at Buffy's funeral in the episode of The Gift, but it was cut because it disrupted the flow. Luckily, though, it was used for Buffy on Broadway with Sophia Shaw as Dawn. This tremendous song that I wrote for an award-winning show and musical is quite emotional and well-written by me. And both girls perform it beautifully. <laughs> this is one I wish I had uh, Eric Garneau here, like, playing some acoustic. Oh, he time. would totally mm-hmm. accompany this acoustically beautifully. Okay. And I add, before you sing, that... It would make my life if you got Eric to perform this with you out of your stories. Yes. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! Okay. The whole reason I have this is because I was originally going to do that. Really? Good! It. Yes! Okay. okay. But. Okay. okay. <clears throat> oh, okay. Here's. <laughs> she saved the world a lot. <clears throat> she said. The hardest thing in this world is to live in it. Yet she loved it so much she would die for it. The tears dropped from my eyes as the pain washed over her face. Who'd have known in death she would find her place? She whispered to me, her last testaments and wills all to keep my blood from getting spilled I'll never forget how she could be so brave I'll never forget how she died to save the day Bobby and Summers rest in peace 15th and then I will link when that gets released in a Perfect. future podcast and 
everyone will just have to wait until then <laughs> to hear the rest of it. A little tease. Right, right. Uh, Mary, I, I cannot thank you enough. This was so amazing. Thank you so much. I love this so much. This is the quintessential reason that I wanted to do a show like this because I love everything about She Saved the World a lot. Uh, Mary, I love you and I mean that. Mary Beth, I love you and I mean that. This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.